Hello, and welcome to a very special, double-thick episode of Maple Syrup Blood Bunny. I am your host, Kyle Carty, and joining me, as always, is the webcam to my cam boy, <laughs> Noah Carden. Hi, Noah. Hi. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a, it's been a hot second. Yeah. Um, I think I like Riverdale again. Do you? I just want to come out in front of this one. Yeah, I had more fun in the most recent episode than I did in the entire first half of this season. Actually, I take it back. Than I have had since the Red Circle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because that shit was still the tightest shit. <laughs> it, it was. It was pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah, like this. This. So this is going to be a double episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on uh, vacation and my wife had some uh, health issues Mm -hmm. so i was uh indisposed for the past little while uh sorry about the delay um but everything's cool now uh we're all rested up and ready to go but the first episode was kind of just like nothing fucking happened yeah yeah so um chapter doing chapter 23 uh the blackboard jungle and chapter 24 the wrestler today um, okay. Um, Blackboard Jungle. I mean, we're going to go over it, but here's the TLDR. Um, nothing happens. Uh, Archie talks to a spook. And... Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, literally, that's about it. He gets back with Veronica, and mm, that's about it, as far as I can remember. It was a very boring episode. Oh, we also meet Betty's brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. That's literally all that happened. Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is a good, good content that you come here for. Oh, yes. Delicious, delicious content. Um, general thoughts on the on the second half of the season so far, my sweet boy? Um, it, it's, it's just been like a reset of everything so yeah. far. It, it's yeah. going back to kind of like the status quo of before the, the, the Black Hood. Um, I definitely think there's some interesting things potentially happening with... Yeah, we have a lot of theories. Yeah, so... Oh, my God. So this first episode of <laughs> uh, The Blackboard Jungle introduces Agent Adams. Um, it introduces... Who is probably the worst FBI agent of all time. He's not it's okay. So the show has been inspired by like Twin Peaks pretty obviously. And now it's just Oh, no doubt. Now it's just like here, here's Agent Cooper, but like not as interesting. He doesn't talk about coffee as much as he should. Yeah. Um uh it it introduces Chick who is uh Betty's brother. Even Betty's serial killer sibling. Yeah, it introduces uh, Penelope Blossom as a uh, <laughs> as a mistress, as a prostitute. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, listen, I'm not gonna throw shade at sex workers. Live your truth. If that's what you love doing, and you know you do it, and you're safe and you're happy, then more fucking power to mm-hmm. you. Um, but there's a lot of sex work. And and almost slut shamey things going on in this in the past two episodes. Yeah, uh, a little about bit. Actual prostitution and uh, cam work. Mm-hmm. Some so, some some internet titillation. 
Mm, that's a terrible way to put it. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, there's and then the other like there's, big thing is the the lodges sort of plans and sort of I think the 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 plot for this part of the season, this arc of the season, uh, is is yeah, kind of um, formulating a bit more. There's. There's also a new gay serpent in town because we might as well have Kevin retread the same story for two seasons. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, right, like, they lingered on that very attractive oh, yeah. serpent. Oh, it's it's very obvious. Fuck eyes. Yeah, they... Let it never be said that Riverdale is a subtle show. God, God, no. Um... um but yeah, this the past two episodes have been really fun. I feel like they're a return to form for for season one, and I'm excited to just basically blow through the first episode because it it is so padded. Yeah, it is Paddington Bear the episode. All right, so what do we want to start with first? Because uh, we basically have uh, the Archie plot, the Betty plot. The Veronica plot, and then Jughead with the snakes. I think that the most boring episode is in the in both episodes. I think the most boring and sort of actually the second episode hands it well. In the first episode, the most boring part is definitely a hundred percent Jughead, and then probably Veronica, and then Betty, and then Archie. I think okay, because because I have a lot to say about Archie's FBI friend. Yes, I think we both do. So, Jughead. Yeah, let, let, let's go for it. So, so Jughead's plot for uh, the first half is basically uh, Southside High School gets shut down. So him and the core group of teenage serpents, him, uh, Tony, Sweet Pea, and Fangs, get sent to Riverdale High. Uh, where they have to conform and fit in and not wear their gang colors and stuff like that in the school because it's a posh Northside high school. And then um, there's a lot of, like, fighting against the man and, like, getting suspended. And then FP's like, mm -hmm. you guys are being dumb. Uh, just wear your jackets after school and uh, go to school. And I don't, I don't like the trajectory Jughead is on this episode. Yeah, or actually, the, both episodes. I do, I think it's very intentional and deliberate mm -hmm. that they're sort of designing Jughead stories these two episodes to be unlikable. Yeah, like I don't think they want you to. They don't want you to agree with what Jughead's doing a hundred percent. He's he's being very like white saviory. Yeah, yeah, especially in episode two, yes. which I was very happy that they addressed that, and I'll save that whole thing for episode two. This is going to be a longer episode because we're covering two. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like Jughead is very much doing the white savior bullshit thing, mm -hmm. and like. Much like actual real-world problems and shit like that, um, solutions are not very simple, Jughead Head. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of speaks to... See, there's there's times in this show where, like, 
everybody's solutions to their problems feel like overly simple or like not very well thought out. And I think I yes. don't know, I don't know if that's just like bad writing or if it's the writers saying, "Oh, these are like children. Of course they they're don't kids. actually know what they're doing." Yeah. Um, but now that they're dealing with like actual big issues and problems. Mm-hmm. But okay, so you know what the I feel like the perfect maybe not the perfect, but but an analogy that I find pretty fitting for this kind of thing is mm. It's the analogy of now the Riverdale kids are getting involved with issues where straight white men will say, that's not an issue at all. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's not even a problem. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. That's, that's sort of the water they're heading into where before it was like, who fingered who? Like, now it's, now it's the realm of shitty white man Chaz. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that's where we're going. And I don't get me wrong. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I hope they handle it well. Historically, Riverdale has brought up a lot of social justice issues, but has left me wanting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'm not sure how much of it is just the writers and how much of it is like the network and things like that kind of meddling and things like that. It's always a little murky. Yeah, there's also, and like, without being a piece of shit about it, there is also, like, it is, so Riverdale is a business. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not cut hairs about it, split hairs about it. It is a business that employs a lot of people that make this television show. And that means that the show also has a responsibility to its, like, crew members Mm -hmm. and its cast members to make sure that... Even if they're tackling things that, like, are really important and need to be talked about, they still can't go super-duper far into isolating shitty white people who think these things aren't problems. Because they are money for the show and money for the people and money for them to continue this sort of gradual challenging and change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a messy, mucky issue. God, we are really talking about ethics in Hollywood, huh? Yeah, yeah, we really are. So uh, let's let's get back to so <laughs> so the I think one of the the nice things I do actually kind of like about the the Jughead slash Serpents plot for this episode is the fact that like Tony and um, Sweet Pea are both like, man, it's really nice to go to a school that isn't like collapsing. Yeah, this is the best shit that could have happened to us. Yeah. Our school was the pits, yeah. dog. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, it totally was, huh? Yeah. Also, <laughs> I do want to point out that while Jughead was like, whatever his Lovecraftian typewriter story was <laughs> that he gave to... Also, hold on. They did just mention H.P. Lovecraft. Yes, yes, and didn't they deliver a fucking... Yes, they did. Crate? Yes, they did. Okay, so... I don't I don't know. And actually, you're at, Okay. Because now I have a lot of questions, and it I, just I, sort of dawned on me. Is Lovecraft <laughs> fictional or real in that world? And also, is he a writer or an Arctic explorer? Holy fuck. I have a headache. I think my nose is bleeding. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but above the door in that shot when all the kids come out of school is some graffiti that just says hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed a lot of really stupid set dressing these two episodes. I, I don't know why my brain was working like that yeah, this morning, yeah. but it's fucking bad. 
Oh man. Oh so, hoodie. So the 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 ultimate solution to the whole like having to be forced to like fit in um is uh, is Jughead decides to start an RPG club in the school. Swords and Serpents. Swords. Also how the fuck Weatherby was like no gang shit and they're called the Serpents and he was like oh yeah all the serpent kids can join a club that has serpent in the name like what the fuck are you talking Weatherby about Weatherby is uh, is incredibly incompetent Weatherby is yeah he is a bad principal or he is always drunk it is one of the two probably both uh, it's probably both <clears throat> Also how the fuck did Weatherby not realize Reggie spray painted the ground I know, Veronica like calls him out on it too, and I think it's just I think it might just be like What if Weatherby's in on it? Well yeah, he already has like some prejudice against the serpent, so he's just using it as a, an excuse. Oh no doubt. Yeah. There's a lot of Weatherby is definitely a part of the system. Oh god. Like he I, he participates in this class. I well. have the episode going on in the background right now and it's Did you see Hoodie? I didn't see Hoodie, but I did like <laughs> Reggie and Cheryl just showed up to like confront oh the god. serpents and like the music that plays in that scene is just so bizarre. The strings. It's just like such heavy strings in the episode. Strings. It's so good. Yeah. Um Cheryl's a bitch. Can we just get back on that real yeah. quick? I fucking hate Cheryl. I love how much I hate Cheryl. But, like, again, these two episodes, it is just season one Cheryl again. Yeah, it's... It flip-flops. We had such a cool hook, and now... Yeah, exactly. It flip-flops. We had such a cool hook for season two Cheryl, and now we have sexual assault survivor Cheryl, who is basically still just season one Cheryl except for maybe 30 seconds out of every hour she's on screen yeah yeah I don't it, know I, uh, Cheryl frustrates me so much she, like uh, she's I've gone over this before she's she's underused and underdeveloped and like her her whole like character art from like the last half of last season just kind of went out the window after episode one of this season yeah, they just tossed it. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a shame. And and Reggie's still just being a shit. Because um, he's Reggie, and he's a shit. Yeah, and then they form a sweet role-playing club. If if we don't get an episode, and I am, I am very serious when I say this, if we don't get an episode of the serpents fucking playing Dungeons and & Dragons and, like, finding that they really enjoy it, I'm going to be legitimately missed. Yeah, yeah. You don't name a club that and not give me a and d plotline. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think, like, probably a kind of fillery episode will have at least a scene or two of them playing. I think it'll be a bottle episode. Yeah. Everyone will be in their own distinct bottles, and that will be the serpent bottle. Also, I like that we're getting more of Tony. Mm -hmm. I feel like the actress playing her is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, she she can perform uh, pretty darn well. Mm -hmm. I don't... Sweet Pea's whatever. They haven't really let Sweet Pea do anything. Yeah. But, like, I do like that we're getting to see more of the likable members of the serpents. Mm -hmm. So, I'm down with also, that. Also, Kevin and Fangs are gonna fuck. They are going to dick each other so right. <laughs> um, also, as a side note, uh, speaking of like bottle episode type stuff, apparently, like an episode later in this season is going to be a musical event covering songs from Carrie the Musical, which is like Ca a note. Do you mean like the Stephen King book? Like you know the whole like getting pig's blood 
Yeah. yeah. There's a musical of that? There is a notorious, like, flop musical from the no the late 80s. Way. It is it is like a whole thing, but yes, they're apparently going to be doing a a carry the musical send up uh, episode later in the season. I'm very excited. Holy fuck! I just googled it. This is amazing. Okay, this is art. So we'll have to. I'm so we'll have to come back to this. <laughs> yeah, we will. All right. Um. So that's Jughead's arc. Yeah. Um. The next boring one is Veronica's arc. Uh. So Veronica uh, is basically just working for her parents to kind of like corral everybody. Um, Criminal Junior Junior. Yes. She's basically being used by her parents to keep as much of, like, the Riverdale High student body, like, calm as the Southside students move in. It does not work. It doesn't really work, no. Um, I don't think she legitimately, and I'm not trying to be reductive, I don't think she does anything else this episode that is substantial to the plot. Uh, no, not really. She confronts Archie about his thing later, but... that Yeah, she's she's an accessory to the Archie plotline, more or less, which, I mean, not everyone gets a fucking numbered plot yeah. each, you know, an A, B, or a C plot. Sometimes you're just part of somebody else's plot. That's the nature of ensemble. Yeah, um, I think, ultimately, like, Veronica's whole thing this part of the season is going to be her being used by her parents and then like her kind of coming to de- a decision about whether or not she's going to continue like working with slash being used by her parents or if she's actually going to like stand up for herself and like yeah. not fall into that trap. I wonder how long we're going to see Hiram for. I wonder if he's going to be here next season. I... I honestly don't know. I like the actor. Uh-huh. I don't particularly care for the character. Like, the actor does a really mm-hmm. good job of making me not want to see this character ever again, mm-hmm. which to me is a successful performance. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Mark Consuelos does a very good job as Hiram. Yeah. Um, um, that, but that's, and that's it for her. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, no joke, that's it for her. Uh, Betty? <laughs> okay. Uh, Okay. So Betty's strapping. Betty's whole plot revolves around finding her brother. So Polly comes back. She has had the twins, who are named Juniper and Dagwood. And Dagwood, like the sandwich. <laughs> yes. Is Dagwood owned by Archie Comics? I don't think so. I think that is like a like one of those new pa- newspaper like comic strip syndicate owned things, like King Syndicate or whatever. I'm Googling it. Oh, shit. The creator of Dagwood was a man named Chick. Huh. Huh. Oh. I'm going to do some research. You tell me a little bit about what happens with Chick and everybody. Okay, so Polly shows up. She's had her kids, but she doesn't want to see her parents or anything like that. So she just grabs some stuff and leaves. And, like, Betty is really mad and sad about it. So she's like, I'm going to go and try and find my uh, my brother. So she contacts uh, Jughead's social worker who gives her the information. So she like tracks him down and then she tells her parents about it. And Hal is very upset about it. And uh, Alice is like kind of unsure. And then she goes to Betty later and is like, yeah, let's go find him. Uh, so they track him down to a seedy hotel 
where there is just it's like walking through Yarnum. It's not a hotel, it's a hostel. It's a hostel. Um, and yes, it, it is very much like walking through fucking yard. Because there's just like indistinct like laughter and chatter coming from like behind doors and there's like beast men in the background. <laughs> um It's it's really it's really weird. It's poorly lit. Like they immediately want you to know that you're in like the shitty poor people area. Yeah. Apparently it's in Centerville, which is like two towns over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they find uh, Charles, who goes by Chick, and he's like, "Yeah, I know who you people are. I went by my house, by your house, like when I got out of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy or whatever. But uh, I didn't go in or anything like that. I just went and did my own thing. Must be nice for you to have this life, Betty. And then you know, breaks." Breaks, breaks Alice's heart. Yeah, she has a bad time. Yeah. And then, also, I mean, we're not really touching on it, but this, and we're probably going to gloss over it until the big reveal at the end of next episode, but just assume that at all points in the next two episodes, Hal is just being a fucking shit. Yeah, Hal is just actively hostile at all times. He's just being Hal. Mm-hmm. Like he's being, of course, he's being like one of her parents has to be a shit at all times. He's being like extra Hal, like Hal yeah. times ten, Hal with three L's. Yes, um, which I guess is just Hall. <laughs> Hal, Hal. Um, but yeah, so eventually Betty's like, Nah, fuck this, and she goes back with like a tiny little the ba- the creepy baby dicky flashlight or nightlight yeah. makes her go. That thing still bugs me out. <laughs> it's it's a, a it's so creepy. Yeah, it's her her uh her source of power. Um her fucking phylactery. Yeah. Um she goes back and she she breaks up a knife fight <laughs> yeah. with some pepper spray which, and pulls her brother out of the sit. Which she she pulls out the pepper spray earlier in the episode when she hears Polly in the house. And it's not like, I don't, you've seen, like, Mace before, right? Oh, dog, Mace is dangerous for everyone within, like, a ten-foot radius. Yes, but, like, the can does not look like that. I've never seen a can of Mace that has, like, a lid, like a hairspray bottle. It's always, like, one of those, like, you just have to, like, click it down because that's the point. You just jam it and it sprays and it goes you don't have to like um, i think it might be like a it might be like a keychain variety because i think i have seen spray like that mm. uh pepper spray like that but i might be mistaken pepper spray experts get at us can we get a pepper spray endorsement <laughs> sure can we just become part of the military industrial complex i mean why not um, yeah why not so she maces uh this this very hairy beast man Next to her brother, and her brother is not affected by the mace, which, I mean, that just, it ruins my immersion. He has a uh, plus poison uh, resistance. Yeah, he's got a very high con score. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, man, it's getting, it's it's multi-classing into dark entity. That's what gives you a high con score. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she pulls the brother out, takes him home. And then her family, rather than going to a fucking hospital, the family just deals with the knife wound. Like, they've been in, like, fucking Kabul reporting for the goddamn Riverdale Herald or whatever. It's, yeah, it's a thing. She puts on dish gloves. 
The mom puts on dishcloths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. There's so many weird little things this ep- like these two episodes that drive me nuts. <laughs> but you know, you gotta you gotta protect yourself from bloodborne pathogens. I don't fault her. It's just it's so funny. Yeah. Um. So that's really about it. Other than like a creepy scene where chick, uh, fucking stares at her while she's sleeping. Yes. They address that next week. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Which, but um, uh, I think the lighting in that scene is very good. It's well executed. Yes, I will say the the lighting in Riverdale. Like, say what you will about inconsistent directing and occasionally inconsistent editing. Um, the lighting is always spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always kind of Ar- smoky. <laughs> Archie's plot line has Archie talking to a, a ghost. Yes. So Archie's plot line is he's finally like back to like gonna get into my music and gonna play sports and date the girls and then just drop all that and just drop it all <laughs> just, Archie. Just toss it out the window Arch cause here comes Mr. G-Man uh so yeah on his way to school Archie gets stopped by an FBI agent who and he goes with him yeah like Archie you fucking dumb <laughs> he goes with this F- he would be so easy to murder Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this guy, Agent Adams, says he's an FBI agent and that he's... From Riverdale. F- he's from, from Riverdale, Riverdale originally. And now he's... he's not real. Yeah. Uh, he's investigating Hiram Lodge. And like Kyle just said, I don't think he's real. I think he yeah, is I- a hallucination. <laughs> I thought that he was just the worst fucking FBI agent in history or a criminal working maybe for Hiram Lodge. Uh-huh. But Noah has made a compelling argument I, simply by saying that he doesn't think he's real. And now I agree. This is not a person. I, I don't think he's real. I think he is a figment of Archie's imagination to handle all of the stress in his life. And now uh, it's, it's it, the hallucination is telling him to like snitch on Hiram Lodge and yeah telling him to kill by someone named Kelly or Nancy yeah yeah like he's <laughs> fuck you he's fucking Zozo dog um uh he only ever appears on like by the side Archie. of the road to Archie or in Archie's like soundproof garage so called shot if this character isn't real and and you're another Riverdale podcast and you didn't call this, you got to close your podcast down. You lost. We beat you. We win. <laughs> there can only be one. There can only be one in this like fucking maple syrup dome. Yes. The the um yeah, the river dome. So, so like uh, special agent coffee wants Archie to investigate Hiram Lodge because he's like in a good position to do it. Which so like he's going to involve a minor uh-huh. b- because his dad is potentially being extorted. Uh, he's dating the girl a- of the bad guy, and also the bad guy is in the town. Like I'm pretty sure the police have like procedures yeah and i don't think it involves looping in potential suspects yeah like he's 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 like acting like a cia agent 
he's using like illegal methods and stuff to like to get the yeah. information and it's like this isn't going to end up well for like anybody well, yeah and really if he wanted to be an actual effective detective or whatever the fuck agent he could just work for like the DHS and just wiretap everything in Riverdale forever mm -hmm. because that would probably be a lot easier than this fake ghost yeah he's a ghost dude he's a ghost He's totally a He's ghost. A ghost. So Art he is from Riverdale. He was killed by Hiram Lodge in an illegal wrestling chokehold. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. Um, so Archie decides that to get information on the Lodges after he hears that the uh, the St. Clairs had a car accident on their way out of town. Uh, he has to uh, talk to Cheryl to give him a cover story to go to Nick St. Clair to get information about his, like, accident. If this is an aspect of Archie's psyche, Archie is a sociopath. Yes. Uh, 100%. He goes to exploit a sexual assault victim in a bid to destroy her his girlfriend's shitty criminal dad. Yeah. Like... The, the the context of it is really upsetting when you when you actually approach it from the from the idea of this dude ain't real. Mm -hmm. Oh man, oh man, Riverdale got good. So so Archie decides to go to Nick St. Clair's school, extort him for money, and then beat him up. Yeah, interrogate him with like a broken leg and press, and Arch then some face punchies. Archie is so bad at this too. He's so bad because he got saw through by the dumbest character on the Nick show. Nick St. Clair sees through him like almost immediately, and then when he goes to have dinner with like Hiram and Hermione, he has dinner with them beforehand, and like he's asking them questions, and they like almost certainly see right through him, and it's just, oh my god, what are you doing? Archie is consistent, though. I feel like... The, I've mentioned this before, but I feel like different writers make the female characters seem alternatingly like the best fucking teen detectives and just the smartest kids and fucking idiots. Archie is consistently written to be a goddamn blockhead. And that's, that's good writing to me. That's consistent. Archie's stupid. I may have lost Noah. Are you there, my sweet boy? Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I had to mute my microphone because I was about to sneeze. Um. Oh, I've been doing it so I can cough. Sorry, I should have kept going. I thought your internet dropped. Yeah. Anyway, Archie is a dumbass and is consistently a dumbass, which I guess is a sign of good writing because they see right through him. And that's basically Archie's story for this episode. Yeah. Um, also, his dad's bills have gotten paid, and the lodges have 20% of Andrew's construction. Yeah. Uh, Veronica does confront him about him beating up uh, Nick St. Clair and, like, why she didn't tell him about Nick St. Clair trying to, like, assault her. And then he tells her about the kiss between him and Betty on Christmas Eve when they were broken up that Cheryl saw because Cheryl was going to blackmail Archie with that information, but it was like... Yeah, she was going to blackmail Archie so that he could continue to oppress underprivileged youths. Mm -hmm. 
And then next episode, Cheryl's like, I can't believe that we're related to people who would oppress underprivileged peoples. Like, Cheryl, shut the fuck up. God damn it, Cheryl. Um, You did this last week. You didn't murder them, but you fucking did it. Yeah. Uh, And then Cheryl gives her mother a check from the St. Clair's. And she's like, thanks. Mom reveals she likes being a prostitute. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you like it, then do it. Like, shit. Like, sex positivity, dude. There is one more thing to end this episode, and that's the fact that Archie isn't sure they got the right guy when they got the black hood. And Yeah, cut print fart. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, shit. The black hood is the brother. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's Chick. I don't know. The chick's awfully scrawny, though. Yeah, he is really thin. Ah, beans. Ah, beans. What if the detective done it? Yeah, what if the... What if the figment of Archie's imagination? Yeah, Archie Dunn did it, and he learned a way to split his psyche into two beings because he multi-classed into some sort of ectoplasm controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a stand. Anyway. Hey guys, hey guys, podcast over. We're done here. Bye. Um so next episode is a good episode for Riverdale, the, which is The Wrestler. It's good. I had a lot of fun. I really fucking enjoyed this episode even though I noticed a lot of fucking weird little touches. There is a lot of weird little touches. Um so uh what plus do we have? We have Jughead's plot. Uh, we have sort of a Veronica and Josie kind of thing for a little bit. Yeah, we have a Cheryl th- It's a lot of small plots. Rather than being like an A, B, and a C, mm-hmm. there's like an A and a B, well, which are kind of equivalent, and then like C, D, There's. E. It's basically like the overall theme is there's the wrestling plot and then the Pickens Day plot. That's fair. We can We can put it into those. So... Which one do we want to do first? Um, let's take care of the wrestling. Wrestling seems quicker. Yeah. yeah. So. Ar- yeah, go for it. Okay. So Archie wants to impress uh, Hiram Lodge. Hiram. And get yeah. closer to him to get more information because the ghost uh, FBI agent is telling him to. Uh, so he decides to go out for wrestling, which Hiram was uh, a like state champion or something like that. Uh, and boy, has he not let that go. Yeah. Talk about peaking. Yeah, for real. Jesus. So, uh, he goes out for wrestling, um, to which... Town town punching bag uh, Chuck Clayton is on the team, mm-hmm. and he fulfills his role by being a punching bag later in the episode. Yep, uh, he's the punching bag. Uh, Kevin is there to uh, manhandle Archie because... He is a wrestler. Uh, it is nice to see Kevin succeed and, like, find enjoyment uh-huh. in besting Archie. Noah, uh-huh. did I ever tell you that I was a wrestler? Uh, I think you actually have mentioned this before. Yeah, in in high school, I was a wrestler. And as, <laughs> and as a homosexual man, let me assure you, Wrestling is the fucking gayest sport on the planet. It's fucking gay as shit. <laughs> it's so gay. Um, like, I cannot stress how fucking gay this sport is. And also, how much about wrestling they just done did get wrong? 
Yeah. Uh, they got a lot wrong. Yeah. Where's Vince McMahon? So apparently, they they do a three count at some point. Not n- no such thing. And there's there's n- no such thing. Uh, I looked at um, some of the regulations, and apparently, there does have to be like visible visible confirmation for two seconds. But de- yeah, depending no- on like the the like the group. The, yeah, the, there, there's division differences, yeah. but basically the rule of thumb is once your shoulders, both of them, like your shoulder blades are on the ground, mm-hmm. that's the game. Like the ref will check. Maybe they'll even get real close if the pin is like a particular struggle. And then they might like sort of move their hand underneath it if they can't quite make it out. But that's about it. The second that your shit hits the ground, that's it. It's over. Yeah. There's no three. There's no dramatic three count while Chuck Clayton gets beat for the thirtieth time. Yeah. So. Um, also, who the fuck wears a t-shirt under their fucking unitard? Uh, apparently, a couple people. That's weird to me. That is most bizarre shit on the planet. Um, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't really get it. Um, but yeah, there's a couple scenes of like. Archie and Kevin training, and then Archie and uh, Mr. <laughs> Hiram Lodge just uh, manhandling Glory a teenager. Days. <laughs> yeah, just choking, choking a man out, asserting his dominance over, reminder, a 16-year-old boy. Yes. Does not matter how fuckable he is and how old the actor is. Hey, in-universe, that's a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, and what a small man! Jesus Christ! Uh, and then there's a scene of him, uh, Hiram and Archie having like a dick waving contest in the study. Um, Hiram is really small. Like Mark Consuelos is really tiny. Yeah, Archie's like a foot taller than him. <laughs> uh, they go for a run, uh, and then they have like a a kind of creepy conversations about how boyfriends come and go, but fathers are forever. And it's yeah, it's a little creepy. Hi- Hiram suffers from like that really gross dad culture. That's like, that's my special angel you're looking at, yeah. Blair. And if you try and fuck my daughter, I'll fuck you up. Like controlling women, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it's just gross all around. And we already knew he was like that, but this put like this weird like. Jungian psychosexual yuckness on it. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, and then uh, Archie and Chuck Clayton have a tryouts match to figure if Archie's going to be on the team or not. Uh, to which Archie wins, even though Chuck is like a full weight class, like above Archie. Uh, Does that mean? And also, he's been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that Chuck is not on the team? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Chuck is like a given. And he was just yeah. using him to try out Archie because it was like Hiram's idea. Also, Veronica is there watching Archie beat this man who is much, much bigger than him. And yeah, wrestling high school tryouts usually don't last three consecutive fucking days. Yeah. Usually they actually can't get enough people who want to be on the wrestling team, so they'll accept anybody. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because most people, rightly so, think it's a very gay sport. <laughs> The amount of times that fucking someone would mount somebody else during wrestling and then just start, like, humping the shit out of them is overwhelming. I cannot stress that enough. There was a lot of, like, that gross kind of shit going on. Like, and when I say gross, I don't mean gay. I mean 
consensual. It was a weird fucking time for me. Yeah. Um, I do have to say that I did see the USA Wrestling logo, and I love it because it's just a man doing a suplex over, like, an outline of America. It's it, it almost looks like very rough butt play, but I also, more importantly, I feel like that man is suplexing that other man into the Grand Canyon for a slam and a dunk. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, there's, I think, a scene at Pickens Day... How big is Riverdale? Like, how many students do you think go to Riverdale High School? Because now I'm stuck on this. Because there's about 20, 25 kids trying out for wrestling, if I, I if my, my quick math was corrected. And wrestling ain't a popular sport. And they had their own wrestle dome. Yeah, I don't know. Like, whereas, like, they're not wrestling in the cafeteria, which is where we had to fucking do it. They're not sharing the space with the basketball team. Like, they had a gigantic gymnasium for the basketball team. Uh, with like, how big is this fucking school? With like, I don't know. With like fifty thousand people, seem too big. Students? No, no, no. Like town population. Yeah, that would seem like a lot. Town population. Um, fifty. Mm, that might be pretty big, but based just just like straight up based on the amount of high schools that they have in goddamn Riverdale. I would say, yeah, maybe even a little more than 50,000, maybe closer to, like, 60. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm there, there, there are schools that the Southside kids got sent to that were still in the district that were not Riverdale High. Yeah. I wonder if some of them went to, like, Greendale or something. Yeah, I wonder. Well, Greendale's super far. Just look how far they had to drive the Miskatonic truck. True. I, like, God, I, I have, have no idea. Logistical questions. I am so hung up on this. How long does it take... For a pizza on Main Street to get delivered to Archie's house. This is what I need to know. Well, Man, Archie lives in, fuck. like, a big old house. I imagine he's pretty close to, like, the town center. Yeah. 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 It's a good plot line. And then at Pickett's Day... Uh, I don't think much actually happens with Archie uh, at Pickett's Day other than um, Archie and Hiram, like, kind of uh, some mutual respect happening. Uh, I... Uh, I think Hiram's still just condescending. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's yeah, that's pretty that's much it. it. Uh, let's let's touch on Pickett's Day, which I think I think of all of the the social justicey issues mm-hmm. that Riverdale has handled so far. I feel like their handling of Pickett Day. In, in their intentional mishandling by the characters, is the best executed Riverdale social justice plotline to date. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, they're having like a town founding day named after uh, General Augustus Pickens, as Augustus Pickens, as, as Jughead puts it at the start of the episode in the Jughead log. Um, to which uh, Cheryl is like, no, no, it should be named after my great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> who bankrolled it. Who bankrolled it, the Barnum's Bee Blossom Day celebration. And everybody's oh, like, man. whatever, Cheryl, because she positions it's not it always every year. about you, Cheryl. God, she is the worst. Um, she does it every year. She does it every year. She says she does it every year. I know. <laughs> Just like. 
Because we have to now remember that if she did this every year, that means le this is the first year that it wasn't the Blossom Twins petitioning for this oh, fucking God, stupid right. idea. There were it was it was in stereo before. So um, Jughead has to go, and he's doing his report on the history of the Southside Serpents, which, as it turns out, is tied into the history of the town and the whole Pickens Day because. The Southside Serpents are basically a remnant organization of the Uctana tribe, which, as a side note, Uctana is just a word for a horned serpent in in Native American certain Native American cultures. Uh, yeah, I think it's specifically among the Cherokee. Yeah, um, so it's a a made-up tribe to to represent you know first nation native american people and all that um i'm i'm fine with okay so here's my question because to me and this might just be like a perspective thing mm -hmm. because i am not of such a culture mm -hmm. um to me i think that that might be better than involving an actual native tribe mm -hmm. out of out of like the risk of just completely mis handling an actual group of people. Yeah. But I can also maybe see the alternative, which is, like, you had a fucking chance to, like, actually bring in some actual Cherokee stuff, mm -hmm. but you didn't do it. So, like, I don't... I can see both sides of it, and hopefully, like, this didn't upset anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, it, it does seem interesting that they just completely made up their whole own fictional tribe. Yeah. Um, but apparently the the Southside Serpents started as a sort of a cultural group uh, turned like motorcycle club uh, made up of these First Nation Native American people that then kind of grew into just being a Southside Riverdale uh, motorcycle gang. Gang. Um, and... Jughead is surprisingly shocked to hear that Augustus Pickens, a, you know, Civil War era general. White man. White man slaughtered. Call it what he is. A, he a white man. Yeah, slaughtered a, a Native American tribe to make room for white people. Room for. Yeah. Um, hey, it's an ugly part of American history, y'all. Like. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It fucking sure is. God damn. I, um, it's it's so fucking. Yeah, it's so fucking. It's it's such a it's such a nasty, complicated issue, and I really hope Riverdale handles this in like a, a mature, respectable way, and like does a a good job of explaining this mm -hmm. because like it sh it is an incredibly nuanced and complicated issue. The idea of I mean, it's, it's just white privilege again. It's the idea of benefiting off of the shitty actions of your shitty ancestors who did awful things to people who were then systematically oppressed and, like, how to make that right in the modern era while still being accommodating for all of the people who were not directly involved and are only in the position they are because of shitty ancestral behavior. Right. It's It's... It's a really messy, complicated issue, and I hope Riverdale does a good job of showing that and making Jughead look like a shitty white savior was a great start. Yeah. So, 
he's talking he goes to talk to um tony's uh grandfather um who is played by noted native american first nation i'm I, i'm never quite sure what the appropriate term is i have no idea um but he's actually from like ontario but noted actor uh graham green uh who i th- he's in everything yes he is like one of the go-to like native american native people actors um and i think he does a pretty good job here um but he goes to him to, to get all of this information and Jughead feeling, you know, that both that that there hasn't been like reparations or like the, this 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 event isn't as well known as it should be. And there hasn't been like any sort of means to make up for it, along with the fact yeah. that the serpents are being sort of like at least the serpents within the school are being uh, repressed or, you know. Uh, discriminated against, decides to take it yeah. upon himself to like make a whole big story in the school newspaper about all of this, which again, is it just... He makes some shitty comparisons. Yes, he does. He makes some really shitty comparisons and is a bad boy this episode. Yeah. Um, so, he... he th- well, again, apparently the school newspaper is like the most reputable, like journalistic source within Riverdale which is adults fucking get it yeah like it's better than the Riverdale register apparently apparently so well I mean I guess because it's the only one printing actual news stories yeah um so uh Jughead decides to like write the story and then when it gets published Tony's like what the hell this isn't your story to tell um I get it that like you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, but like this, this isn't you. This isn't your right. Uh, yeah, like they use, they use the word trigger and triggered and triggering a lot this episode. And like, I don't know. There's something about it that feels particularly mishandled and like venomous when they say it. It's. Um, I, th- I feel like using it in. I don't know. I feel like it belittles the actual word. It's yeah. It's it's become this shorthand for like upset, and that's not what that word is supposed to mean. Um, yeah, we get that language evolves, but like we also have to be careful that as language evolves, it doesn't trivialize. Yeah, yeah. Because we can just make fucking new words, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like we can just do that. We've got plenty of um, words, guys. We can use other words to to not infinite. Yeah, infinite amounts. So um, um, and also they do they do address how like. <laughs> Jughead was like, this is terrible. I can't believe this is happening. And I think Tony was just like, yeah, dog, that's called whitewashing. Like, yeah. are you surprised? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I think when Tony uses the word trigger, just to go back to that for just a second, I think when she mm-hmm. does it, it's not quite as, like, venomous or, no. or, or like, you know, it, it seems like a, like a more legitimate use of it than when um, Josie Veronica? uses it. On Josie, her mother? Josie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And even then, I don't feel like Jughead, like, up until this episode or, or yeah, basically really this episode, Jughead's whole Southside deal, I would not call traumatic. No. And now he's very zealous. Yeah. It feels quick. So so there's, there's a bit of, like, hypocrisy with Jughead's character and the fact that... Uh, he was born on the south side, but he's gone to like 
Riverdale High in the north side. He's been friends with a lot of people in the north side since he was like a kid. And like it's one of those aspects of like what culture defines you. Mm-hmm. And he Jughead is very influenced Jughead benefited from north side culture. Mhm. And now all of a sudden he is actually shit that only further strengthens the white savior thing. Mm-hmm. Like and then and now he's very zealous about you know protecting the oppressed in the south side and it's like it's good to want to help mm-hmm. but you also need to be willing to listen to the people who are being oppressed and work with them to make sure that it's not the you show because it's not about you jughead yeah um you you want to use your voice to Express your disdain for shitty Principal Weatherby, who's a bad principal. Yes, uh, and you want to you want to use your voice to give other people the spotlight. Yeah, that's that's the optimal yeah. use. You used it wrong. Yeah. So, uh, Jughead goes to apologize after Tony berates him about it, uh, as she should, uh, and uh, her grandfather is like. You've opened some old wounds, and there's, like, only one way you can really, like, make up for this. So, at Pickens... Something has to be done. Yeah, so something has to be done. So, at Pickens Day, when there's, like, there's a big, you know, like, festival and everything like that kind of going on, uh, there's a march from the Southside Serpents and some other people... um, Everybody's mouths are taped. Yeah, everybody's mouths are taped except for like Tony and her grandfather's, um, and they're you know they're calling for justice and to like you know mm-hmm. cancel Pickens Day and make it what it's really about and things like that. Um, and like yeah, Cheryl joins like, in you know, at one point. I, I, I don't even know if she did. Cheryl sort of just like moved through the crowd. Yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if she joined them, but Cheryl, over the course of the episode, does show distress Mm -hmm. over what her family did as far back as they did it, Mm -hmm. which is good. I cannot stress enough that that is good, and I hope that if this becomes, like, a major sticking point and they don't just brush it under the rug, like, this, like, Mm -hmm. native people allegory... I hope that Cheryl does the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, really all I got. I just hope she does the right thing. Yeah, I feel it's it's another one of those things where her character has been like real all over the place, um, both seasons, especially this one. Oh my one. god, uh, she's the most sporadic character, mm-hmm. just like in terms of consistency. Yeah, so we'll have to see if that sticks along with anything else. Yeah. Um, there's and the crowd is disarmed by Hiram Lodge. And yeah. and this, I know I've been talking a lot, which, I mean, is pretty common for me. I'm a fucking loudmouth. Um, but the crowd is disarmed by Hiram, who gets on stage and is like, let's hear it for this young girl who is, like, standing up for what she believes in. That's a great thing. And that disarms the entire situation, yeah. which kind of highlighted one of my big problems with Riverdale. And and that is that Riverdale has no, I think the word is like repartee. There's no back and forth 
between these conflicting ideologies, like within a given scene, it's always the the driving force enters the scene. Someone does something to temporarily disarm the driving force, and then there is no counter. Yeah. No one ever, no one ever counters it. Like I would have loved for Tony to take him to the fucking table and say, "Okay." What are you going to do about it? Like, she had the megaphone. Because that's how it works in reality. More often than not, it unfortunately devolves into a fucking idiotic shouting match on both sides where people just repeat the same thing ad nauseum. But, like, I would like... I would like for, for Tony to have countered or challenged or, like, just done anything to keep that conversation going. Because, frankly that would have been more interesting than a lot of the other resolution stuff we got. And I think that, like, that's Riverdale's biggest problem is, like, everything is just stalling tactics. Yeah, like, the 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 demonstration shows up. Hiram says some nice words about, you know, the rich tapestry of Riverdale. And then we cut away to like later in the day and everything's just like back to normal and it feels like it Jughead's like gonna charge the stage but then I'm pretty sure uh, Grandpa Topaz holds him back yeah and it's just like yep I I understand that we don't want Jughead to fuck this up for everybody else through a use of force but hey dogs um challenge him there there needs to be you have the you have the floor now you've done it yeah um, so aside from that, because that's really about it for the, the... That's it. That's about it for the um, Pickens Day stuff. Um, there's some minor stuff with, like, Josie and Veronica and Josie's fucking shitty mom. Yes, uh, the mayor is being shitty and, like, controlling about Josie's career. And you can kind of tell, especially from basically the point where the, the pussycats break up, that Josie is, like kind of in a downward spiral. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that it's happening to Josie yeah. because she is another underutilized character. She, she, also, she really is. Josie's mom, I do think that she's a piece, um, but I do get where she's coming from because she is being exploited by the Lodges mm-hmm. and she doesn't want her daughter to be exploited by who she like a child that she does not know or trust yes so that much i get the career controlling shit is gross yeah but like i do think not wanting her to see veronica is is an actual legitimate good mom thing so josie's mom only loses a couple of points this week she's she's trying but she's also terrible yeah um so uh, in response to Josie backing out of the Pickens Day concert that she was going to be putting on, uh, Veronica gets petty. Veronica gets petty, mainly because this of her mother. This is the mother. nastiest thing she's ever done. Yes. This is the nastiest thing Veronica has ever done to anybody. Yes. So she gets the old members of the Pussycats, because apparently they were going to actually, like, audition new Pussycats, because there was they were making, like, a banner for, like, auditions. The banner said no divas on it. Yes. If you look at it, it says, like, <laughs> auditions, like, singer, musicians, no divas. Um, no divas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because so they were the divas, Josie. Yeah. So she gets Melody and Valerie. 
and they sing Union of the Snake by Duran Duran and Pussycats don't have original music apparently just flat out flat out it does not exist it just does not exist and then the, the demonstration happens uh, there's some stuff with uh, Chick uh, oh yeah so Chick uh, shows up and we learn that he's a, a camboy, a a a uh, an internet gigolo, as Kevin puts it, because he recognizes him from the internet. That's like my biggest concern in life: is that like if I'm walking down the street, will I ever be like, oh, I uh oh, <laughs> yep. I've seen that person before. <laughs> um, so yeah, instant pervert, instant pervert. I thought he was gonna recognize him maybe from the forest. I, I thought so too. Um, I thought there was gonna be something else that he would recognize him from, like one of his dad's files or something. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually kind of happy that it's just, mm-hmm. you know, sex work. Betty's super cool about it. She's real cool about it. Uh, after his stuff gets, after Chick's stuff gets thrown out at the hostel he's staying at, she gives him an old laptop that she has, um, so he can continue to be a a camboy. Uh, a camboy, yeah. yeah. Uh, the 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 how? acceptable parlance is not parlance that I enjoy. Yeah. engaging in. <laughs> yes, uh, Hal is very, very uh, evil the entire episode, ha- which brings me... Hal's a piece of shit. It brings me to my theory that Chick is not his son. Oh, tight. I think... Oh, ooh! So, here's the thing. If we go way, way back, back to when we learned about... FP? I think it's FP. FP? I think it's yeah. FP because FP overhears Hal and Alice arguing about it when they were at prom when they were younger. So, oh my God, th- did they get rid of Chick at the uh, the the convent? But there's obviously some sort of history between Alice and FP. Uh, did FP chuckled Hal? See, I think. Okay, so they're both Southside kids, and I think... How a chuckled? <laughs> well, it wasn't, like, when they were married. It was when, like, they were teenagers in school and, you know... Dating. Yeah, dating. I'm gonna still call it a chuckled. Okay, that's fine. Ch- chuckhold is also the thing that Chuck puts Archie in this episode. <laughs> it is. God the chuckled. <laughs> that's the name of this episode, the chuckled. Oh, God. Um. So, yes, I think... Uh, Chick might be the half-brother of Betty and Polly, and his dad is actually F.B. And Jughead, yes. Boy, this family tree just got sticky. Um, sticky like maple syrup. Maple syrup. Wow, it's interesting that you picked up on my perfect segue. Uh, Um, actually, no, fuck that. We still have to talk about my favorite shit in this episode. The grapefruit? Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. I was going to gloss over it. Hey, y'all, go back and rewatch this episode. When they're eating that scene at the dinner table with the salad, there is just a fucking big old circular chunk of an unpeeled grapefruit in there. Yeah, That's there the whitest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a fucking hassle. Why would you do that? Um, also, I don't know what Hermione put on her grapefruit, but there's just like a dollop of some sort of sauce, and it just kind of looks like ketchup. There's a lot of grapefruit crime this episode, and 
I'm hoping that maybe it was a raspberry compote that she put on her maybe. Cra- her her grapefruit. But I'ma say it's ketchup <laughs> because now they all need to go to prison. Yeah. Um they belong in jail for the grapefruit crime. Oh yeah, so uh going back to check for a second, he apparently decides to teach Betty how to be how to be a cam girl. Uh, the dark education looks, of Betty Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Chick looks like an evil, thin Guy Fieri. He, yes. Yes, he does. And so it turns out that Chick also, like, does the Betty thing, the dark Betty, like, jam your nails way deep down in the paint of your hands yes. and just get it going. So they both have... I did not know that they both had scars, like permanent scarred tissue that they must puncture through every time this happens to them, which sounds like it would be agonizing. Yeah. Dark Dark Betty, if her cam girl name is DB, oh, I'm God. gonna jump off the roof of my apartment. God, I hi. I'm DB. I I really. Oh God, I I both do and do want do not want to know if like this becomes a thing and then like Archie and the gang find out about it. Like how that's gonna be handled. Uh, Noah, if you don't, if you don't fucking think that we're gonna get an episode in the near future with Betty wearing that fucking Uma Thurman wig on a goddamn campsite again, you're out of your fucking mind. And and she's underage, too. Oh, my God. So, uh, don't... Don't ask me how I know this. But there's actually, um, like, some processes to go through, usually, depending on the site, to sort of get uh, approved to make sure that you're not a minor, mm-hmm. so that way the website doesn't get shut down for underage shit. Um, it's not usually very thorough, but there are some some checks and balances in place. Doesn't really stop all the all the sex trafficking crime that gets onto oh, those sites. God. But still, yeah, we are gonna get Dark Betty on a cam. Maybe, I do need to stress maybe, that we're gonna see pool scene Dark Betty again, and maybe she'll pour some maple syrup on herself. Maybe, maybe she'll just watch. Maybe she's just gonna do like some chat roulette, like this week. Oh, this week, sure. Oh God, she'll do that. But you know she's going to be on the chatter bait, I, and she is going to be DB. God, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to watch that. It's all about all this shit is about escaping your darkness and shit. <gasps> Noah, <laughs> T for time out. Did you just say you don't want to watch that? I, I got, I don't know. Noah, why the fuck did we start this podcast if not explicitly for those reasons? I, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Fucking Dark Betty is the show for me. Yeah, but uh, Riverdale six Riverdale thrives in these like gonzo bullshit out of control situations yeah this is season one riverdale finally again it feels like season one again and it's so trashy that's true okay i'm so excited noah oh stay with me (laughs) watch the watch the show with me noah okay so turn into a baby elmer fudd i guess i guess um it's gonna be so good what else Uh, cheryl uh, Cheryl has an existential crisis about racist grandpappy. Yeah. Cheryl's mom uh, says, like, seduces we did a Al. bunch of crime. 
I, I was getting there. She's like, yeah, we used to do a bunch of crime, dummy. We owned this town. How do you think we got this far? And we're still using prostitution to make money. Yeah. And then she does take a maple syrup cone out of Hal's hand, and they, they're going bone. Yeah. They're going bone down. There's some weird, like, in-law, like, distant in-law... Vague. Oh no! They're relate. Well, they're did, they're can, they're. Did she marry in? Did you, okay? Because I she think, married in. Yes, I think she married in, and oh, um, Clifford oh, was the actual blossom. From my I'm understanding, googling that. I don't think it's ever actually confirmed, but God, I hope so. Um, Archie is apparently what going to. They're twins. Is going to like apprentice under uh, Hiram, in the crime business and. The uh, the ghost uh, FBI agent tries to call him, and uh, is disappointed when he does not pick up. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, I think that's it. Other than my good good my good good uh, Simpsons joke, where uh, they discover that the head of the statue of uh, General Pickens has been Jebediah Springfield, and its head has been cut off and taken away the fuck they, the serpents are very extra I don't watch the Simpsons so I'm sorry I can't play with you in this in this joke it's, but they they're so extra that they painted like a very detailed blood on his neck oh god did they yeah dog the uh, neck is all red and shit it's like dripping over him uh, also Rose Blossom is Penelope's mother-in-law Hmm. Which means that she married in. Also, the Riverdale wiki shows that her occupation is courtesan. <laughs> That's such a good word for it. So, somebody out there is going to be with me on this. It's a season one episode of The Simpsons called The Telltale Head, where Bart saws the head off the statue in the t- center of town. I think South Park did that in the Simpsons did it episode, so um, I can only assume the Simpsons did it. Yes. Uh, but I, I genuinely don't know. Um, okay. This, my stomach, I, I hope it hasn't been picking up, but boy, oh boy, it is making some loud tummy sounds, and I even had breakfast. Um, this has been a double episode. Are we missing anything? I don't think so. Yeah, like... I feel like we hit it all. We're going to be back to regular schedule. Uh-huh. No doubt. Um, oh, yeah, it is. It's just, I guess, my, my colorblindness is coming out there. All right. Are you colorblind? Yes, we've got we've gone over this before. Okay, Noah, how many... T- have I told you that I have a very bad memory? <laughs> because uh, we're probably going to have this conversation again in the near future, because I'm going to forget we had it. Okay. Oh, my tummy. Um, <laughs> I want pizza. Um, I think we hit it all. That uh, sounds about it. Uh, I am excited. I am excited again. Finally. It's like a breath of fresh air has swept through my decrepit lungs. Oh, oh, as, as, as Wikipedia puts it, Chick is a webcam model. Oh, that's a good word for it. That's- webcam model. Where he gets beaten up and... Oh, no, no. I, I think the implication is also that he was being prostituted. Yes. Yeah, like, uh-huh. it was both. Um, it's good. So if you like the show, uh, tweet at us. And you know what? 
Uh, if you have other perspectives on, on like, Juggies, White Savior bullshit, or really any of the other stuff that is sensitive that we talked about, like, let us know. Like, talk to us about it. Because I am genuinely interested in what people with other perspectives have to say about this potential plotline for Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let us know. Um, you can tweet at us at Maple and Blood. That is at Maple and Blood. Uh, you can download the show at uh, mapleandblood.podbean.com. Uh, Noah, where else are we? Uh, you can find us on facebook.com slash mapleandblood. Uh, you, did you give out the email? No, I did not. Uh, you can email us at mapleandblood at gmail.com. Uh, mapleandblood.tumblr.com is another website that we have. Uh, I believe that's it. I think that's it. Uh, we always make the joke about like, comment, subscribe to our YouTube page. When I say YouTube, I actually mean our iTunes. Mm -hmm. Um, because those reviews actually do help us show up higher in search metrics. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you if you want to, that would be super dope. We're really appreciative. And and just give it the score that you actually think it deserves. Yes. Because we're at least a solid three. Yes. <laughs> at um, least. We are at least. impenetrable. <laughs> we are an impenetrable three. Um, if you want to get in touch with us individually, like if you want to whisper me a secret about how much you think Noah's holding me back and that I should drop him like a fucking like a goddamn barrel of maple syrup, you can uh, tweet at me. <laughs> drop him like Cliff Blossom off the rafters of the maple house. Oh, Jesus! Um, you can uh, tweet at me. Um, the Twitter has currently been a little inactive, um, but I'm trying to make it more active. It's at uh, best pal brigade uh, at twitter.com mm-hmm. um, it's uh, I'm trying to get it going again mm-hmm. um, but uh, so you can get me there if you want to watch me play some um, non-problematic fantasy or at least my, my best attempts at making a non-problematic fantasy world and separating all of the shitty aspects and racist aspects and bigoted aspects of fantasy culture mm-hmm. um with a with a lovely diverse uh, group of players, um, you can Who check are, us out at. I think all of your players are women, at the moment. All of my players are women. Well, uh, Dwight is um, a gender, okay. a romantic, asexual. But like, she's cool with uh, really whatever pronouns. Okay. So she just told us to use she/her. But yes, it is all. Um, it is it is a diverse group of folk. Um, I think I'm. Yeah, I'm the only white dude there. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely going to be different than a lot of the stuff that you can see elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really fun, and I'm really excited to get back into yeah. it. And that is twitch.tv slash bestpalbrigade. Um, we're slowly we're slowly getting more people per stream. It's actually really exciting. Awesome. Um, I, I've, yeah. I've jumped in there a couple of times. It's always been a very sure have. fun watch, like no joke. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're, we're uh, putting the stuff on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still in the process of changing the YouTube URL to the new one, but I need 100 subscribers to do that. And it is an old uh, URL from back before I had to change the company name 30 fucking times. Um, so if you want to check out the archives of the stream um, and also 
maybe even subscribe to help me uh, change the goddamn name. Uh, it's youtube.com slash comeback games. Uh, I believe is, yes, uh, that'll take you to it. Um, and if you want to subscribe, then I can finally change it. And if that doesn't work in the future, it's going to be youtube.com slash bestpowbrigade. Um, sorry, that was sort of long-winded. Noah, where can they reach you at? Well, if they want to get to me personally and tell me how much they love Kyle and how much of a sweet, sweet boy he is. Don't fucking flip this on me. You're a G- you're just such a cutie. Oh, uh, you can find me at Common Otaku. That's at K-A-M-E-N-O-T-A-K-U. Um, yeah, I just retweet a bunch of stuff most of the time. Uh... <laughs> So, there's that. Uh, I think... Uh, if you want to find, like, my Tumblr, where I just reblog a bunch of stuff, I think that's tumblr.com slash noahlothotep. That's N-O-A-H-L-A-T-H-O-T-E-P. Uh, that's a mouthful. It really is. Um, um, I have the Tumblr uh, for BPB games is BPB dash games.tumblr.com um, if you like tabletop games you can get a lot of I post a lot of free resources there uh, that I make and graphic design and it's also at uh, facebook.com slash bpb games um, some of the stuff goes on the DM guild some of it goes on drive through RPG some of it I just release for free there um, so give it a follow Kyle if, uh, you're interested. what Kyle what doc don't you have a patreon yeah I hi Hi, I'm Kyle. <laughs> I have a Patreon that I started recently um, to help me, you know, pay for bills. But mostly the Patreon is to help me uh, be able to commission art better for for projects that I'm working on, um, which is where most of the money is going to go outside of maybe the occasional uh, put into like emergency funds for myself and maybe the occasional sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. And that is patreon.com slash Kyle Cardi. Um, oh boy, <laughs> uh, it, it feels so weird talking about it, but that's sort of what you have to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, so if you like maple syrup, blood money, it's not officially affiliated with what we do here or any of the other stuff that I do. Um, I mean, except for the stream, but like d- donations there will definitely help me. Um, and you know, I'm going to keep doing this regardless, but if you do and you want to subscribe even for like a buck and just be like, Hey, I love the stuff on maple syrup, blood money. I'll make sure. And maybe eventually we'll get to a point where the Patreon will also branch out to maybe help this too. Um, we have a $2 tier for, um, some, I think it's like about, uh, a thousand to 2000 words of, of content this month. I'm doing uh, Genesis fantasy stuff, uh, the new fantasy flight system. And then at the $5 tier, you get a free adventure each month. Um, All that stuff is also going to be sold on DriveThruRPG once it's done. Um, But the Patreons get it at a discounted price, and they get it uh, right away. Um, And then, yeah, next month I'm doing sci-fi horror. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be a hoot and a half. So if you like this, please consider supporting me. Um, really like it's been such a humbling experience. Um, I've already got, uh, quite a few people supporting me, um, which is, it's kind of wild. Um, it's, it's been a ride and I'm having, it really helps me. It helps my self-esteem. This is really personal now. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's Cardi with a C. Oh, do people spell it with a K? Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just want to make sure. 
If you ever wanted to spell my name, it's K-Y-L-E-C-A-R-T-Y. That's patreon.com slash K-Y-L-E-C-A-R-T-Y. Um, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a blast. Yeah, I'll I'm glad that you, it's, it's doing well. Um, you, yeah. the um, other is things, there anything that you got? Uh, the only other things I have going on are uh, the other podcasts I do, which are the, the Role Playing Exchange, which is a tabletop role-playing games discussion and actual play podcast. Um, and then I also guest on the Technical Difficulties Gaming podcast, which is an actual play tabletop role-playing podcast there's a lot of tabletop rpgs if you couldn't tell um yeah it's sort of it's sort of our thing and like our hobby uh it's it's what we love also uh tabletop uh exchange and um i I just i just lost my my mouth role-playing exchange thank Uh you fuck like just like i I combined them um (laughs) Noah's stuff is really good, y'all. If you want to check those out, I really recommend it. I put it on uh, in the background while I do, like, house cleaning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a hoot. Um, which one is the wrestling stuff on? That's on uh, the Technical Difficulties podcast. Um, That's a hoot. I've been running uh, some better angels for them, and I've been in an Eclipse Phase campaign, and then I, I get to come in. Uh, when they do wrestling, the Worldwide Wrestling uh, RPG, which is super, super fun, and I really want to get Kyle on there so we can be... Oh, uh, I have my wrestler. Okay. His name is Acero Verde, and he's a luchador. Okay, because I, I want us to do a tag team, and I want us, to be, I want us to be a, a <laughs> Maple Syrup Blood Money-themed tag team. I think that's everything. So, uh, that's it. It has been a wild ride. I'm glad we were finally back into it because oh, I was... It feels good. If I'm honest, I was feeling a little down on it until I actually watched these two episodes. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm... You know, the same thing happened to me. Mm. I was almost like, man, fuck this podcast. But that was just because we've been away from it for, like, months. Yeah. Um, which, it kind of sucks because the week of uh, Valentine's Day, they're going on another... I think it's just a week-long break, but... That's, that's fine. I can deal with a week, but, like, these two episodes have gotten me excited again. It mm-hmm. feels like a return to form um, about what made the first season so good and, mm-hmm. and stupid. Yes. And I am very excited to see it. Okay. Um, so, all right. I think that is it. Uh, we will see you all next week for uh chapter 25 the wicked and the divine uh i have for yeah you do it you do it <laughs> for maple syrup blood money i have been your uh beheaded statue of a host noah carden and i have been your succulent cam model db <laughs> kyle carney wait <laughs> i thought you were gonna say succulent grapefruit <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you.